Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, hey, welcome back to the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Opstead, sitting down with Keith Myers, co-host Keith Myers, uh, after a poor performance in uh, Santa Clara yesterday against the 49ers. Uh, Seattle drops 27-7, to sitting now at 1-1. One and one. Keith, did we see the, the team that we thought we were going to see, or is this some sort of weird aberration? I think this is closer to the team that we're going to see for the rest of the season than week one was. This was also really bad. Um, I think they'll be better than this on average, um, but it's closer to this than week one. I don't, I don't think they're as bad as they looked yesterday, but I don't, and they're definitely not as good as they looked um, against Denver. That's about as optimistic as I was hoping for from you to be completely (laughs) honest. (laughs) It was a, it, that that was a bad game. That was that was, that was a bad game. Watch. That was an uncompetitive, low energy, not ready to play, overmatched, outperformed, ugly game in which we had no business even really being there. Um, mm-hmm. Only moved the chains twice in the game. Um, had five six punts. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, it was <laughs> ten it penalties. Was six resulted in forty nine or first downs. Had three turnovers. Geno Smith completed, you know, completed 80% of his passes, but he only completed them for 6.6 yards per attempt. And was it that had, high? Had, yeah. <laughs> it didn't time feel of, like it. It felt like it possession. was like four. <laughs> time of possession, again, was lopsided. 21 minutes, 40 seconds for Seattle. 38 minutes, 20 seconds for the 49ers. The 49ers were able to run the ball. 45 times for 189 yards to oh, Seattle's God. 12 attempts for 36 yards. Yeah. And that tells down, the story. story third really. down efficiency for Seattle, two of seven, 28.6%. Yes. And only seven attempts. Only yeah. seven attempts. You can do that on one drive. Yeah. And, you know, total yards, 216 for the game. That's just never going to get it done. It's never yeah. going to get it done. And that's two, two weeks in a row. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's crazy. So we've had uh, 469 yards of total offense in two games. Ouch. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that comes to the, to the discussion that I think everyone's wanting to have is where's Geno Smith in this equation. He threw 80% of his completions. It's not his deal, whatever, but this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that's that's completing uh, 65% of his passes on average. 80% is, is on the high side. Um, but you're not going to move the ball. You're not going to convert those third downs. You're not going to create scoring opportunities because you're not having explosive plays in your offense. We had zero, you know, um, really, I think maybe one. Um, and, and then we had a missed it, uh, explosive play there with DK Metcalf's uh, ball that got um, called back because uh, illegal man downfield was called on Abe Lucas for being a half Which, a yard over the line a, of scrimmage or whatever. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where 
it's play action and he is run blocking and pancaking he's, some dude. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's driving somebody <laughs> backwards and pancaking him. Um, you know, basically it was a case of him being too good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So what are you going to do? I mean, I, I really didn't have an agenda today. I thought we'd just kind of talk about the situation in general. Um, not much, obviously, to take away. Also, uh, Trey Lance, um, just thoughts out for him on, a, yeah. on an injury that's just really tough to see. Didn't really see exactly how it happened. They showed an angle on, on TV that was acceptable to watch. Uh, but it sounds like he broke his ankle. It wasn't displaced, however. It wasn't compound fracture. It was... Uh, a break though and a repair on a ligament so he's going to be out but he's um he's going to be ready for the start of next year it still puts them in a conundrum next year both uh the fact that they're not going to be able to see what they've got in their franchise quarterback and jimmy garoppolo is a free agent with it with with that clause in there they can't tag him or anything mm -hmm. so he's he's going to be free too so they're going to have some decisions to make as they move forward but um, what's your, what's your main takeaway so far? I mean, you've seen two games. We won, happened to win one of them. We could have lost that game against the Broncos, uh, easily because they were right there at the end zone, uh, with scoring opportunities twice. And, and, uh, Seattle was able to punch the ball out there. What is your, what is your big takeaway so far? What are you seeing out there uh, from this Seahawk team? Well, I'd say that the defense, um, is doing a good job of keeping the ball out of the end zone but they're not doing a good job else otherwise they're not turning the, I mean, they, they didn't get any turnovers in this game. They um, um, didn't, they just gave up gash yardage on the ground um, all game. And uh, it, that didn't look good, but they get, they tighten up really well in the red zone and keep teams out of the end zone. And uh, you know, I, I, you do like to see them be able to do that. I just want them to be a little stouter, you know, between the twenties. Yeah. Uh, rather than just, you know, inside the 20. Um, but I do like that part of the defense. I think that, um, I mean, if we think about it, we got a, a new coaching staff. It's it, on the defensive side. They're young. It's a guy, first time um, defensive play caller. Like there's some learning to be had here as they go. Uh, but I think they'll, they, they can get some of this stuff figured out. But as of right now, at least, you know, they're keeping teams out of the end zone. And if you do that, you can keep yourself in games. But it's not going to keep them in games if the offense is this bad and the offense is this bad. I mean, I'm sorry. It's going to be hard to hear, but Geno Smith is like, look, looks, looked a lot like Stan Gelbaugh um, in this game. And Stan Gelbaugh, you know, was the quarterback in 92 when the team went two and 14 um, and was historically one of the worst offenses ever. That's that's kind of what he looked like in this game. He just, you know, there. Yeah, he completed a lot of passes that were caught behind the line of scrimmage or within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage. They didn't. Nothing became of any of those catches except for one pass to lock it uh, down the field. So, right, yeah, and that's what a, fans need to keep in mind. It's like um, <laughs> in football, the the objective is to move the chains. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're completing all the passes, like you said, if they're behind the line of scrimmage or gaining, you know, over the line of scrimmage by two or three yards. On average, you're, you're going to have exceptions. Um, you're not going to move the ball. And 
combine that with the idea that the Seahawks are are committed to running the ball, yet not running the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Twelve attempts in one game is not going to cut it. Two games in a row, you've two gained seventy in yards in two games on the ground on a on a rushing attack that is supposed to be featured and some of the, the the two best running backs in the division, if not you know in the top five duos in in the league, and it's just not working. I think. Well, one yeah, of I mean, the, in I was to say while you're on that, Penny had six carries, but for 15 yards, that's a two and a half yard average. I mean, he in the first game, he at least averaged five yards a carry. And we were like, okay, he shouldn't have gotten, you know, um, that few carries. You got to feed him more. Um, but in this one, he only averaged two and a half Walker for um, carries for 10 yards, also two and a half yards per carry. Uh, the longest run of the day was eight yards. Okay, so this leads me to my next uh, uh, topic that I wanted to talk about is what's going on in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Like on defense, we're getting gashed. I mean, the the Bron- the, uh, the Broncos ran the ball effectively. We saw that. We saw the 49ers have 40, what was it, 45 attempts, 45 rushing attempts, possessing for the a, ball nearly 40 for minutes. 189 yards. For 189 yards. so that's a commitment that just isn't like we're getting chunks this is like a methodically taking it to a defense keeping your the the opponent's offense off the field and just kind of taking it to you um the worst grades pro football focus i know pro football focus worst grades on defense all on line of scrimmage players daryl taylor quentin jefferson puna ford jordan brooks all under 50 grades most of them in the 20s and 30s mm-hmm. uh overall grades and their run grades are all in the 30s yeah on they, off they hold they on one second well. pro football focus worst grades on offense abe lucas 48.4 gabe jackson 13.6 13.6 damian lewis 39.9 phil haynes 41.3 okay those those are not going to move anybody on defense. Those you're not going to stop anybody with those kind of grades. Those are middling grades in the NFL. Those are worse than middling grades. Those are yeah. the worst grades that you can possibly have on the offensive side of the ball in your run game to to be able to be effective at all. So we've literally, I think, what we're talking about here is we're losing these games in the trenches. Yeah, well, we. We lost this game in the trenches. I don't think we lost the the Denver game in the trenches in part because we didn't lose the game. But even then, like I liked what I saw out of um, the offensive line in that game. Um, whereas in this game, in the first half, yeah. in the first half of that game, you did. In the second half, we were not good. Yeah, the offense wasn't good, but it wasn't. You know, I mean, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross wore down a little bit near the end of the game, but overall, they were great over the first, in that first game. And, this, and based on the fact too that Denver didn't lose against Houston, but looked horrible really against mm-hmm. the Houston team there. Um, so, how good is Denver really? Yeah, I mean, Wilson played poorly in that game, and he played. Um, he had games like that in Seattle where he was just awful for three quarters, and then you know did Russell Wilson things down the stretch and got him a win. I mean, he was four of twenty at one point in that game. Um, and like I said, we've, we've, we've seen him have games like that in Seattle and in the end, he did what he had to, to get him a win. And that's also what we saw him do in Seattle. Um, but he's not here. He's not going to show up and do those things. Um, 
for Seattle anymore. Instead, you're going to have Geno Smith in there um, throwing for 197 yards um, on 30 attempts. It's just, it's not good. It just isn't. Um, and this is all before we get into like the DJ Dallas pass. Like, can we like that? Now a word from our new sponsor, Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Foo Fighters and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolation. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TPPN. I don't even know. That was one of the worst passes I've ever seen in the NFL. Let's just it make was, this, put that out there. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I understand, like, here's the idea. You've got... um you're trying to find ways to generate offense when you don't have one. And so they're going to go with trick plays and they get, um, you know, you get four running backs on the field, no quarterback. And you, you, the goal there is to confuse the defense, try to draw the defense up to the, to the running back. Yeah. And, and, you, and get, get it dumping over the top. You get half the people going one way, half the people going the other because of the way that they split the run. And then Dallas needs to just find um, Metcalf in the back of the end zone, but instead he throws the ball low and short yeah. and right at um, a defensive back instead of throwing I, I will, the ball high and in the back. I it will say, no sense. I will say this. I actually don't mind the, the play call inherently. If it's successful, everyone's cheering. Nobody's questioning it. It was so badly executed though. You never want to see it again. I get that as well. Um, but it's, it's a good concept in general as you're trying to, draw some defenders up to the line of scrimmage and kind of just dump the ball over the top. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. They, it, San Francisco is a good team. Now let's be completely clear here. Their defense is actually really good and it showed, I mean, they played really well. They got to the quarterback. They disrupted Geno Smith. They sacked him three times. They stopped our run and, and made us one dimensional. You had talked about that previously in, in the lead up to this game in our preview show last week, you said, What's, we said, what's San Francisco going to do? What are we trying to do? Well, they're going to try to make us one-dimensional and make Geno Smith throw the ball. That's exactly what happened. And and that's what every team is going to do this year because you, sure. if you can stop Penny and Walker and force Geno to throw the ball, you're going to win. Yes. Yes. Unless they can figure out a way to get the ball down the field. Uh, you know, testing, you know, having... Uh, he having those have, plays that Metcalf uh, had the opportunity to have and 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 caught the ball and it made a great play, really. Um, if you can do some of those things throughout the game four or five, yeah. six times, you can stretch that defense out a little bit and give your running backs some opportunities and some lanes yep. to be successful. But you look at that; those are that was a fantastic catch, even though it didn't count. Um, but he had to go over a player to get it because it was such a badly thrown pass. 
And yeah, yeah but you know, that's and, designed to kind of throw it up there and let him go get it. I think that that's okay. I, I, that's what it's going to be this year. It's not going to be well, like one of those breadbasket throws that Wilson has. It's going to yeah. be contested stuff. And, and, you well, know, DK Metcalf's is actually built for that. So I'd like is, to actually I'm just see saying, more like of that. The, 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 you know, there were two, two plays down the field, that one to Metcalf that got called back in the 27 yard or two to lock it. The one to lock it, um, you know, if I'm remembering the right play, it, it was behind him and he had to go down sliding in order to get his hands on it. Um, you had that one to Metcalf where he had to go up and over a defender in order to get it. And these just aren't well-thrown passes down the field. He, Cause Gino just doesn't have the arm. And, and, so he's, he's, and he's laid on quite a few throws. I will say he's that. throwing, he's, he's, he's throwing with weird mechanics trying to get extra on it. And that causes him to lose his accuracy down the field. I mean, even there, there was a short pass to Will Disley where he had a incredible one-handed catch just to catch the ball because it was so poorly thrown and that wasn't even a long, a long pass. So uh, we, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much uh, looking at this offense and thinking, I don't know how they score points. If, if teams stop Penny and Walker, I don't think, the, I don't know how this team scores points. Yeah. Well, Tariq Wollen blocks a punt. Yeah. And Mike Jackson returns it, you know, what is it? Uh, 84 yards or something. We've the, seen this. We've seen this show before. We really have. I mean, you can go back to the 2010-2011 uh, seasons um, where it was difficult to, to score the ball on occasion before Russell Wilson showed up. Yeah. I mean, you think about like that um, three to six game against Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. The um, uh, Charlie Whitehurst uh, extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the this, this game um, with Geno Smith looked a lot like Charlie Whitehurst playing. Everything is a check down. Everything is a dump off. There's no, there's nothing going downfield. There's nothing that's actually working the way the offense is supposed to. So Pete Carroll did come out and say that he believes in Geno Smith and he thinks that the training wheels should come off, quote unquote, and um, the entire offense should be open to him and we need to run the ball more. And, uh, yeah, he said a lot of things in there, but really, you know, <laughs> what he's saying is we need to convert third downs. You know, we need to convert our third down opportunities so that we have the opportunity to uh, stretch the field more. We need to create more first down opportunities so that we can, um, we, we have more opportunities to, to throw the ball, stretch the field. Um, those are the kind of downs that you want to try those plays on. And we just haven't had, uh, we haven't generated enough opportunities to A, run the ball and B, let Gino throw the ball down the field a little bit and test the defenses just because we've gotten ourselves into uh long yardage um, plays, you know, on, on third down and we haven't been able to convert those. Well, they've got themselves in the long yardage on third down because they have been kind of inept on first and second down and, and penalties. Well, yeah, but every team, I mean, okay, they've been penalized a lot, but every team deals with penalties and at some point you have to overcome them. And this team clearly didn't have the ability to do that this week. Um, and a part of that is, yeah, as you said, that is a really good uh, defense that they went up against. And they're going to do that to a bunch of teams this year. So I know uh, that, that you said that you kind of liked Jordan Brooks play and Cody Barton and so forth. But I do have to say that I'm a little disappointed. I, you know, as far as them coming up, 
shedding blocks, I think, is one of the the, the big things I'm most concerned about mm-hmm. with Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. The ability to get off their blocks and make plays closer to the line of scrimmage. They're making a lot of tackles, but it's coming four or five yards behind the line yeah. of scrimmage, and they're they're having a difficult time disengaging. And and that kind of points too to to some issues up front, um, possibly. A little bit, um, and part of it is, is is it's on them. I mean, um, they're you're gonna get guards and centers up in your face if you are a middle linebacker. You've got to be able to shed that block and get into the hole. And uh, in the first game, I thought they did a better job of that. Um, I would still like like it to be better than than what they did. But in this game, especially Jordan Brooks, Jordan Brooks had a hard time getting off blocks, and so he was making tackles seven yards downfield or eight yards downfield. And that's just not going to cut it. You've got to be able to get off that block and get up into the hole and, and stop that, um, that run at, at, at two yards, not wait for it to get to you at seven. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it was, it was disappointing. They were, they were a lot better in week one. Um, they were not as good this week. And now a word from our sponsor DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, Daryl Taylor. You know, we need to have this conversation about Daryl Taylor. I mean... Here's a guy that that is paid to get near the quarterback. And so far he's he's not doing good. I mean, his grade out of this game was a 29.3 overall, 24 uh tackling grade. And 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 a lot of that 24 grade came on one play where Debo Samuel just made him jump right out of his shoes, missed mm-hmm. the tackle, Debo goes down and runs 51 yards. Yeah, because uh, he had him he had him stopped. You yes. make, you step up, you make that tackle, you know, it's in the backfield. Instead, you, you know, uh, just have your ankles broken, uh, to use a, um, a basketball analogy. And, you know, then it, it's just, it becomes a huge play. That should have been a positive a, play a for loss. Seattle. It should have been yeah. a big negative play for San Francisco. Instead, it was a 50 yard, you know, one yard how, run. And how many times can you say that first sentence that you had should have been a stop in the backfield? Like they're, they're, they're getting some penetration, some, you know, on a lot of these uh, runs mm-hmm. and we're missing initial tackles, which is leading to six, seven, eight yard um, yep. rushes. And it's just, it happens over and over again. And so I'm just not sure what's happening. Why are they feel? why are they getting out of position to the point where they're not able to either initiate a tackle or um, they're, they're wrapping up, but they're, they're just out of, out of position so that you know running backs are able to run through those arm tackles pretty easily so yeah they're just not 
is they're just not getting it done. Um, one of the things um, I'm looking at with all of this, like, um, Al Woods played well. He did. He played well up front. Um, and I thought Tariq Woolen, um, for the most part, played pretty well as a guy that, you know, isn't going to, um, he's, he's a rookie and, and, and yeah, he's super athletic, but he is raw. Um, he's going to make mistakes, but at the same time, I thought he played pretty well. Um, and Nuasu played well. One of the few people in the front four, um, mm-hmm. that did other than Woods, where was everyone else who showed up in this game? Yeah, I mean, Diggs had another opportunity for a for a interception. And needs to, needs to make that. Um, Cody Barton's on the field almost hundred percent, and just not, his, we're not calling his name enough. Um, you mentioned Tariq Will, and I think he's doing well. Michael Jackson's another player that's doing pretty good. Everyone else is struggling a little bit. Kobe Bryant's struggling. You know, you mentioned uh, Tariq Woolen being one of the rookies out there doing a good job. Um, with especially with what he's tasked to do, um, sure mistakes are happening and so forth. But I think overall he's he's pretty darn sticky out there. Kobe Bryant's having a hard time uh, in that slot position that they're having him play. I think just kind of adjusting to routes, adjusting to um, some of the hand fighting at the line of scrimmage, allowing players to get a little step on him, and then you know kind of reaching a little bit and creating defensive holding or pass interference uh, as a result. So I'd like to see that improved. I think it will over time. Um, but right now he's he's having a hard time right out of the gate. And he was the player that was ready-made, guy that's ready-made come in on uh, in the NFL and contribute right away. And it's it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, Boy Mafe, I thought Boy Mafe was another player that had a really good game in this game. Um, nice tackle uh, for loss and a couple other plays that he was in. Yeah, he didn't play much. Um, he only played 30% of the snaps. I would like to see him, you know, get um, some more playing time. Just get him on the field. I mean, what at this point, just get him on the field because it's not working um, the way it is right now. So uh, you might as well get him some reps. Yeah, and uh, Shelby Harris had a little glute injury. Don't know what that is day-to-day. According to Pete Carroll, Damian Lewis also had a thigh bruise. He said it's pretty sore. We'll have to see on that yep. as well. Shelby um, Harris only played three snaps and that is part of what happened on, on defense. He is um, of your, your front three. Um, he's probably the most talented guy. And when he only get three snaps out of him, that's going to hurt. It also really shortened the rotation um, among those, uh, you know, on the defensive line, you got guys like Monet and, and Ford in there a lot more than, you would have expected because you're not rotating them as much yeah. as um, you want to. And, you know, that also hurt. Um, I mean, for Apuna Ford played six, uh, 83% of the snaps. Yes. When was the last time a defensive lineman for Seattle played that many snaps? And, you know, the 49ers ran 76 plays. Yeah. 76 plays. Um, and a lot, a lot of running plays. That's really hard on your defensive lineman. And you're asking Puna Ford to play 83% of them because, you know, um, Harris gets hurt three plays into the game. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you take away, Keith? 
I mean, really, it, here's, I just want to kind of end this show. I mean, there's not a, more to talk about really about this game. It, it's, it is what it is, mm-hmm. but, but what is it, Keith? It's a, it's a bad performance. Everyone was ready to, to go beat Wilson in Denver. And there was a huge emotional letdown. So there was no energy. And this is not a team that is going to compete when there's no energy. If they're not set up and loaded and ready to go, um, they're not winning. And they're not going to be competitive. Um, and they weren't this week. I hope that next week they're back at home, all of that. They're going to look at look at this tape and be like, wow, this, this was on us. We did not play well. Um, and they're going to come out next week and have more urgency, just more energy and be ready to play. Um, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't think they were as good as we thought coming out of the Denver game. And I don't think they're as bad as they looked in this game, but they're still somewhere in the five to six win range. That's exactly right. And do you think, do you think that's too high now after seeing this game and that really kind of the holes in this team exposed a little bit and so forth? Yeah. No, I mean, they were supposed to lose this game and they were supposed to lose this game handedly and they did. So they, they met our expectations in this game. I mean, it's really what we both why said. Does it feel, why does it feel so hard to watch? If it's because they basically were, because they what we said that we thought this is what we would have. It's hard to watch because it's, it didn't feel like they, there was energy. It didn't feel like they were. It's one thing if the guys play hard and just get beat because the other team's better. But it didn't feel like you got that this entire game. You got a lot of guys going through the motions. And that's hard to watch. It's always hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So we're going to come back this week. We're going to have the um, midweek show where we go over. I don't know what at this point, but we're going to have something for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have a prediction show for the Atlanta Falcons uh, game coming coming into town. Atlanta likes to run the ball too. They were down scores in in their game um, and still ran the ball. Um, almost almost came back and beat the Rams after being down big early. Yeah. So yeah, right, it's not going to be a gimme. These are there's no gimme games in the NFL. Really, um, mm-hmm. you could call the the Forty Nine er game a gimme game for them. <laughs> um, if, if you want, but there's not a <laughs> yeah, lot of those in the NFL. Most games are close. The 49ers didn't, wouldn't have considered that a gimme game for Seattle because Seattle has had their number. I mean, what is it? Six of the last eight Seattle's won. Even when Seattle hasn't been great and San Francisco has been, you know, um, headed to the NFC title game and a Super Bowl in that time, um, yes. Seattle still, you know, gone in and beat them. And so for them, it wasn't a gimme game. They, but they came out and took care of business. And Pete, Pete uh, Carroll kind of took the blame for this game, you know, which is, which is hard to do what as he a does. coach, but that's but, what you he know. does. But he at, takes the blame for, he, t- he, take he will take the blame anytime there's blame to be given. If you're going to be assigning blame though, for lack of energy and not being ready for a game that he's going to take the blame for that because that's really his job. His job is to get teams ready to play. And if mm-hmm. he feels like his team didn't come in ready to play, which they clearly were not, I think that that's, that's something that he's going to lay at his feet and, and own it. And, you know, it is what it is. All right. Um, anything else before we kind of get out of the show? No, let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about <laughs> well, this by, game. By it was the such way, a bad it was, game. 
it was good to watch the game with you though. Uh, yes. even though it was a bad game. So would have been better it. next time we get together to, um, to watch a game. Can we do it on a week when Seattle plays? Well, it'd be a lot more fun. Yeah. Sounds good. I think the, the last one was five years ago. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see in another five years, Keith. God, I hope it's not, not that long. <laughs> no. um, I, hope not. I hope not. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. You can find it on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.